Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student-athlete experience, boasting the brand, and honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that check them out online sidesign.net and hey if you're a parent or a grandparent they've got something for you as well as si design is the leading provider of custom sports prints they offer a variety of products including posters banners canvases and more all you have to do is upload your high quality studio or action shot and si design will create the memory for you for more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that's sideline to sideline. L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL guy talk movie and booze we also talk wrestling and so much more so like and subscribe and check us out it's two blue bloods of texas high school football in a rematch last year albany got the best of the mark panthers Mark's looking for revenge. Albany's looking for a repeat. Who wins? Let's talk about it today. Hello, everybody. It's Terry Bennett here on the Class 2A Division 2 preview show. Right here on L4 Media, brought to you by SI Design and Printing. As we're going to have ourselves a great show today. We're going to be talking with, of course, Grant Goodwin, Matt Diggs, and, of course, Coach X as he gives us his State of the Union address plus gives us a pick on this game. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, I'm not real sure how locked in Coach X was into this Albany-Mark game. Uh, let's just say he had to ask me who won last year. Anyway, we're going to have a good time as always. But before we do all that, I think we want to meet the teams. Let's talk about Albany. Let's talk about Mark, their records, their key players, and all that fun stuff. The Division One, excuse me, Division Two Class Two A State Championship preview show, Albany versus Mark. Before we get to Grant and Matt, I wanted to meet the teams. We'll start with Albany, fifteen and zero on the year. The Lions, of course, led by Denny Faith. This is the only coach head coaching job he's had and what a record he has 359 wins 110 losses and the guy's been coaching so long he actually has four ties what have we been 20 years now that we haven't had uh, ties in high school football on the season the lions are scoring about 44 points a game they're giving up about seven this is their ninth state championship appearance. They're three and five in their previous state. And remember last year when they beat Mart in this game, it was their first state championship since I think 1961. They're led through the air by Chip Chambers, who has quietly had a phenomenal season. 2,438 yards, 59% completion, 35 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Of course, all everything Adam Hill at running back. 
2,500 yards, 8.9 yards per carry, and 42 touchdowns. And if you think of Albany as only a running team, uh, then you're going to get caught up by Casey Fairchild at wide receiver on the year, 62 receptions, 1,143 yards, and 14 touchdowns. For the Panthers of Mart, 15-0, head coach Kevin Hoffman. This has also been his only head coaching stop, at least as of now. And look at that record, 121 wins, 12 lo- uh, losses in his career. It's absolutely phenomenal. They score 48 points a game. They only give up about nine points a game. This is their 15th state championship. They're eight and six in those 15. Uh, Of course, the last two times they've been in, they've been beat Albany last year, of course, and then Winthorst a couple years ago in that shocking 22 to 21 upset. Mart is led through the air by quarterback DeMontreal Medlock. Now, his numbers aren't going to just wow you through the air, 1,692 yards, but it's the 18 touchdowns, the one interception ratio. They don't throw the ball a ton, but when they do, they rarely make mistakes and they tend to hit big plays. He also has 1,274 yards rushing on seven, with seven touchdowns. And then J.D. Bell on the ground, 2,336 yards, 41 touchdowns. That Mart rushing game is lethal. But again, just like Albany, if you sleep on their wide receivers, they'll catch you. Ethan Hawking, 24 receptions, 588 yards, 24.2 yards per catch. Six touchdowns. D'Angelo Roach, 29 receptions, 428 yards, and three touchdowns. Again, Mart doesn't throw it a lot, but they are a big play throw when they do decide to pass the ball. And that is a look at Albany and Mart, the stats, the coach, and how they got there. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to let the experts take over, including Grant Goodwin, Matt Diggs, and the venerable legend Coach X right here on the Class 2A Division 2 State Championship Preview Show on L4 Media. Is your demanding work lifestyle in need of fire-resistant clothing that can keep up? Well, L4FR clothing should be your go-to for quality, affordability, safety, and style. L4FR was founded by a third-generation oil field worker who is also a veteran. Thus, this company has a deep appreciation for reliability and longevity, all while we provide first-rate customer service. Our durable apparel will serve you well for many years to come, whether you're working on a pipeline, a lineman climbing utility poles, or in any other environment requiring fire-resistant apparel. L4FR has you covered. Our apparel is tough enough to resist hazardous conditions while still providing high comfort and style. L4FR provides clothing options to ensure your safety and comfort, whether you're on the job or not. To view our complete inventory of flame-resistant garments, please visit our online store at L4FRclothing.com or give us a call at 817-757-4935. Si habla espanol. The Sideline to Sideline Championship Preview Shows, now joined by my host, Grant Goodwin. And before we break down all the games, Mr. Goodwin, just tell me, what are your thoughts on 2A through 4A this year, the state championship games? Some people think it's going to be some great games. Others think there are going to be a lot of blowouts. Where do you fall on all that? Man, there's some that could go either way. You know, there's going to be one or two that you kind of think maybe might out that are about 
and surprise you a lot like like Winthorpe a couple of years ago. You know, yeah. I could foresee uh, some games like that. Uh, what I really like is there's it's refreshing. There's a lot of new faces, some newcomers to the games. Yeah, that that's I think been the thing that I've enjoyed much, and I, I've been doing these interview with coaches. Uh, and I've talked to Tidehaven and I've talked to Toller, two teams that haven't been there. Tidehaven in a long time, Toller and ever. <clears throat> and the thing that I've got from both of them is, yeah, this is exciting. Uh, yeah, this is awesome. But they also were like, I didn't realize how little of actual coaching I would get to do this week because of all the things <laughs> that are around this game. And it's not even uh, Coach uh, Mullins from Toller was like, it's not even the interviews. It's the paperwork. It's the things like that, things you wouldn't think a coach would have to deal with on this week. Yeah, especially if you're a man, you got to hope you have help. Yeah, that's been the biggest thing is it, this is, uh, as Coach Mark Fannin said from Franklin, this is when you know your how good your coordinators are, when you basically have to leave them in the coach's room and just assume uh, that they're going to be able to, to take care of things. One of the things that has been a big conversation, and it always is at this time of year, is the fact that it's in Dallas. And especially this year, because there are so many games where one opponent is sleeping in their bed the night before, and then the other opponent is traveling five, six, eight, nine hours, uh, either overnight or trying to get up early in the morning. I still contend that with kids, it's not that big of a deal. No, you know, uh, sure, you'd hate to get thrown out of your routine, but yeah, as 15, 16, 17-year-olds, how much is really a routine when, you know, they're in such good shape, um, you know, they're – they're pretty broad-eyed and bushy-tailed uh, when they need to be. So they're not like you and I where, you know, they hurt uh, <laughs> sneezing or coughing or something. So I don't think it's a big of a deal. Idea, you know, is it the idea situation? Maybe not. But I don't think it matters that much. And everybody's going through the same stuff, you know. I know, yeah, some schools are closer to Arlington than others. But uh, let me tell you, when they walk through uh, uh, that main entrance when the bus pulls through and they go into the locker rooms nothing else matters what is your favorite part of this week um well you know it's really it it's i i love the games obviously but it's the week of the few days leading up to the game yeah. seeing all the uh the fanfare online through social media through some of the chat channels, the message boards, seeing everybody go back and forth. And it really kind of gets you fired up to say, you know, who's going to be coming, you know, eating crow on, on, you know, Saturday or Friday or whatever, you know, and that, that's just fun. And a lot of it's good nature ribbing uh, that I like seeing, but, uh, and, you know, I really like seeing those final seconds uh, kind of click off the clock and a team getting its first, uh, state championship ever that's pretty darn cool too and then being in the press conference room uh, when those first time winners are, are doing their press conference that's pretty special as well yeah I, I can remember a couple years ago when Franklin finally you know broke through and, and they're winning that state championship and they were up enough that it started to kind of soak in in the fourth quarter and I can remember they had a shot of Fannin and and, Fan, and I even talked about it to, to him about it today and he was looking up at the scoreboard and you could kind of see in his mind he was starting to add up oh wait we're, we're about to win this like there's no way now Gunner can complete this comeback and just the, the look on his face and just the 
as he even said it, there was some of it was a relief, but just the finally winning one for a program that had been knocking on the door for so long. Yeah. And, you know, you got to think if, if he gets it done this year, uh, this would be three in a row and it would be complete elation, probably mixed with a lot of relief. You know, uh, Franklin themselves had a lot of, a, a lot of uh, pressure on them uh, with the big winning streak this year, you know, and, and I guarantee you everybody in Franklin expects to be hoisting that uh, state championship trophy. So he, him, you know, coach Fannin and that staff and those kids have a lot on their shoulders, you know, so I think it'll be, you know, elation, but it'll also be a lot of uh, relief when the uh, clock hits uh, four zeros and they come out, if they come out the winner. Two to a division two. We got the battle of unbeatens. We've got the rematch. We've got Albany 15 and oh, we've got Mark 15 and oh, uh, last year, Albany gets their first state championship in like 30 something years when they beat Mark 41 to 21. I don't know why, but I, I just feel like this year it's going to be a closer game. I, I think Mart has a legitimate chance to win this game. Yeah. When you're as athletic as Mart is with JD Bell and DeMarco uh, uh, Medlock, the defense that Mart's played again, I think we've said it two weeks in a row that Mart might have the most underrated defense right now in, in, in class two a. Uh, so they're definitely going to challenge Albany, the, uh, the incumbent here, right. Um, you know, how, how much is that Mark defense uh, going to be able to slow down uh, Adam Hill and chip chambers and case uh, uh, and Fairchild. I mean, that, you know, that's going to be tough for, for Mark, um, you know, Adam Hill went off for 167 yards against, Sunray last week. So, uh, you know, Albany big and physical on both sides of the ball, a lot like Toller uh, in that sense. Uh, but yeah, I think Mark has the chance getting the ball in space, getting to the edges. And if they do, it could be a long day for that Albany defense. Well, and I just keep going back to that Munster game for Albany. And we had talked about it, you know, going into that game. It was one of the reasons why we picked Munster in the upset was Munster's defense did one thing really well. And that was stop the run. Mm -hmm. And that's what Mark does. I mean, Mark can do both, but that front seven for Mark, for all the talk about what Mark has, and we get kind of caught up in their speed and their athleticism. I think this front seven for Mart is one of the strongest that the Panthers have had in this 10 year run that they've had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I think, uh, I, I think this is March year to exact revenge on Albany. Uh, will they? I don't know. I I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Albany right now. I'm sure at kickoff I'll be on the March side of things, but right now I've got Albany and what I think could be a lower scoring game, a 24-21, 28-20, uh, uh, somewhat, somewhere around there. I, I think it's just something tells me it's going to be a little bit uh, lower scoring. Uh, and, but I like Albany coming out on the winning side of that. Yeah, how many times have we seen a team like Albany, we referenced Franklin, uh, uh, even Mark to an extent when they had that, you know, that little – area where they weren't quite as good, where they, they knock on the door, they knock on the door. When they finally get there, they don't want to go away. And it right. kind of feels like where Albany is now. They went from haven't won a state championship since 1961, always knocking on the door to now they're here. And it just feels like as much as I think Mark can make this a game, I do believe if Mark is to win it, 
it'll kind of be like Malakoff Brock last week where Albany's mistakes will play a huge part in that. Mark's going to need Albany to help them for Mark to win the game. Yeah, and uh, you're exactly right. I, you know, if Albany does not come out and play a uh, clean game, this game this game goes the other way. I mean, again, the 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 speed and quickness of Mark is, it, it, you know, that they just need a little bit of help. Help at all. I mean, Albany play straight up, no turnovers, played perfect, and Mark still might be able to get the edge. Or will be able to get the edges on it. Uh, you know, I, I, I think he will limit, limit the big place. And if they take care of the ball, Albany wins the game, I think. Football, it's something that is a Texas favorite. Often it's prioritized above so much in our culture here in Texas. Coach Jake Johnson. He's the head football coach for the Millsap Texas High School football team. He's actually quite an imposing figure. Run it. But cancer didn't care. It didn't care that he was a big, strong guy. It didn't care that he has a wife and kids. It didn't care that he was somebody's son. Cancer didn't care that he is a coach trying to help his football players become young men. Dogs! Go, 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 go. Cancer didn't even care about his faith. When he received his diagnosis a little over a year ago, his wife and kids surrounded him in love and support. His parents immediately got in the car from Georgia and drove out to be with him and his family. His in-laws also came to help out around the house as well. Surrounded by help, love, and support, instead of fear and worry, Coach Johnson chose to move forward, walking in and relying on his faith. I don't know how good of a job I did, but I can tell you this. It certainly allowed me to speak truth into them that their value is not in winning a football game. Terry Bennett back here on the Albany versus Mart preview show, pregame show, if it's for the watch party. And as you can see on the screen, if you're watching on the video, we're going to be having a watch party for Albany versus Mart. We're also going to be having a watch party for all of the uh, state championship games for 2A, 3A, and 4A. Uh, they'll be on YouTube at L4 Media Company on our Facebook page, uh, live sideline to sideline on Twitter at Grant and Terry. We'll be, of course, blasting them all over there. All right. Now we're about to have Matt Diggs. And the reason I'm stepping in now before I start this part of it is I had some technical issues. Um, when I record these where I'm recording with Grant this week, the way we had to do it or with a coach X or Matt or Brett of any TSN, I do them all at once. And it's just easier than to chop them up. And then I, I drop them into to the show that they they're corresponding to. The problem is, is sometimes you have technical issues and you don't know it until after. And that's what happened here with digs. Uh, I had a microphone issue on my end. Uh, sometimes whenever I'm, you know, uh, leaving the board on for a long time and doing other things and then coming back to record, sometimes for whatever reason, it disconnects and it, you really don't know until after you're done recording. And so that's what happened here. So I'm going to sound like I'm in an echo chamber, uh, and, but you're going to be able to hear and you're going to be able to understand everything. And Matt sound, sounds perfectly fine, but I just wanted to go ahead and, and, and come in and say that at this point. Uh, so you would know, but here is Matt Diggs. Uh, giving his view on the state championship week in general and his view on Albany versus Mart. Matt Diggs back here on the sideline, sideline state championship preview. We're starting off talking 
Toller and Timpson, and we'll be talking all those through this. But before we do all that, Mr. Diggs, first off, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm blessed. How you doing, Terry? Oh, it's the, my favorite time of the, the year. Uh, I hate it because it's the end of the season. So, like, we talked about this last week on the show. You know, it's like a cliff. Like, I'm going, going, going. And then for me, Saturday morning, I wake up and it's like, oh, I, I have nothing else to do now for six months. But other than that, I love this time of year. And it's state championship. And before we get into breaking down the games, just give me your overall, what do you think about this year's championship games? I, I think it's a pretty good uh, uh, combination of new teams, old teams, all that. What are your thoughts? I, I disagree with you a little bit because, oh, yeah. I mean, at, at the top of the, the bracket, effectively, in the 6-8, it, it's the same old thing. I mean, well, favorites true. are probably the favorites yet again. And this is the first year where my fairness bracket has kind of kicked in i think we kind of see a little bit of a disparity with all the dallas schools making it that is it truly fair that all of those programs are going to get to sleep in their bed and have just a normal week uh, a normal preparation whereas you've got all these other teams coming from around the state to at&t stadium uh, who are going to be completely out of their routine and i think that is a massive intangible for some of the games especially when you have a team like summer creek uh, who's never been here before uh, playing a team that's not only been here before, but it's going to get to sleep in their own bed. So this is the first time, Terry, I, I've really kind of felt like, and is is this situation really fair for all teams involved? Well, yeah, I agree with you at the top end. And, you know, I, I've talked to you about it, and me and Grant have talked about it. Uh, it's funny. I can't get enough of Gunner versus Canadian. But, honestly, uh, Duncanville versus North Shore, I, I just don't care anymore. Um, you know, I hate to say it, but – other than Coach Samples finally winning it last year, the best game of it was the first game, the Hail Mary. Every one of them since then has just been – and this is also a compliment to the two defenses, but let's just be honest, they've been boring football. Oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're very – because they're so good at it. It's kind yes. of like watching mid-tier SEC football, and you're just like, yeah, this is great. I, I've seen it. It's nice. And I, I I just like to see new teams. And, you know, maybe 7A will finally shake it up to where we get uh, new teams and new classes and, and new matchups. But, I mean, overall right now, the, the really good teams are shining right now, and we're seeing really big point margins. And I think the state championship – for maybe you know nine of the twelve games are likely blowouts. It's going to be the three games that you know we'll really enjoy and that we'll, we will really cherish. But again, so many blowouts, and and I think it's just because the teams are the teams this year. Yeah, I mean, and, and there, it was a couple of years ago. I think if I remember off the top of my head, last year was solid. But a couple of years ago, it was a pretty like I even admitted like midway through the four A's, I was kind of like, all right, I'm done. Like, I just they, – they just weren't exciting games. And that's the one negative, honestly, also about – I feel like we're being all negative, Nancy. We just thought about this is our favorite time of the year. But one of the other negatives about when you're in that kind of stadium is even if it's an exciting game, you kind of lose that. You, you At home, and even there, I mean, I've been there. This is I've been there just as many times as I haven't since they started the one place. And that is one of the negatives, man. If, even if, if Martin, Albany go into overtime – it's 7,000 fans in 92,000 or 100,000-seat stadium, and you don't get to feel that energy and that, that, that pull of that game. 
Yeah, and, and I think on Saturday we could see some really energetic crowds with PM oh, yeah. in, in South Dallas. So that side will definitely be good. You're right. And, and that was your idea, Terry, that you know really captivated me throughout the season is let's take these small schools and put them to the star. Let's let those games be played at the star. And I think you could have some fascinating and a little bit more compactful uh, type of uh, games where you're not expanding this out over four four days. One of the things I'm actually looking for, most forward to is on Wednesday. I'm going to go check out a little six man football action, uh, and as well as the the Wednesday night game. Uh, and and I'm beginning to start to see that the allure of the Wednesday night game because I think the Wednesday night game has even more prestige than maybe even the Thursday afternoon or the Thursday morning game because you got a night game. You are the main event across the state of Texas, and it's something unique. Wednesday night football doesn't happen often. Yeah, but I, I still feel that because it's not, and this is not a knock on the two six A's, but the, the people that go to see six A are the hardcores, uh, the, the six man fans, or this is the first time I've ever seen it and I want to see it. The rest, and I know this from talking to people and stuff, the rest are just like, yeah, I'll start on Thursday. You know, I'll just watch the, uh, I'll watch the first game in my hotel room if they have valleys or if anybody has valleys. But yeah, I'll just start my big, you know, my big, going there every day on Thursday. So I see the point, um, I, but I do think it gets hurt by that. Now, I wonder if if there's a point that if we're going to keep them in, in Dallas or at one place, and it's going to be Dallas for the most part or Arlington, I, I almost wonder is there any point do you ever switch up this, the, 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 the rotation? I know you're never going to put a 6A on Wednesday, but why can't a two, why can't three A and four A and two A switch it up a little bit and they rotate a little bit and let two A have a, a Friday night or something like that? You got everybody talks about all oh, the six man and two A really want to be there. Okay, so then let's make it fair for them. Right. And, and I mean, yeah, they flip the D1, D2, and really that only impacts the Thursday night, Friday morning, Friday morning, yep. uh, that, that otherwise your 6As are Saturday, whether it's at 3 or 7. So, I, But, again, we're talking about fine-tweaking a really good system. Yes. Uh, for the most part, it is a very good system, and I think you could do some things better with it. But especially this year, so many Dallas-area teams, that highlights – the, the disparity in having to come up here and, and not come up there. I throw a little psychology fact out there. And if you're coming up here to if you're coming in here to sleep and you're going to stay at a hotel, the first night you ever sleep at a hotel, psychologically, your fight or flight mechanism, your parasympathetic nervous system is always on guard because you're in a completely new environment. You don't get good night sleeps the first night. Now, when you're on a vacation, second, third, fourth night, yeah, you, you're fine. But that very first night you have problems. And a lot of these teams are only coming up for one night if they're coming up at all. And if they're not coming up at all, we're talking about 3 or 4 a.m. wake up times. That is a massive change to the, the anatomy and your routine for getting ready for football. Yeah, I think Franklin's coming up the day of because I think I saw on their Franklin page that they're having a send-off party at 6.30 a.m. But I, I will flip that on you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to act like it's not a benefit, but I had one coach tell me he would prefer to have his kids in a hotel that he's over than be at their own homes where they might be up all night because they're nervous playing video games or online or watching movies. He goes, I'd rather at least have a control of I can check and see if they're at least laying down at night. So I, I can see – I see your side of it, and it does look bad because there's just so many DFW area teams. Uh, but, but I do think there's a case to be made that these are kids, and kids bounce back really well. And all the stuff that we gripe about now, back when we were 14, 15, 16, we wouldn't even pay attention to. 
all valid points. And, and a coach being able to kind of keep that kind of control over a team is very important. But still, you can be laying down, but it doesn't mean you're getting good rest. All right, Matt, let's talk Class 2A Division 2. This is a matchup of two Blue Bloods, two undefeateds. Uh, Albany 15-0 and versus Mark 15-0. and A rematch of last year, uh, but this is a game I, I don't have a problem seeing again because I'm, I think this is going to be one of our closest games. See, I, I actually disagree with you a little bit here. And and it has, I mean, we got two blue bloods. And I love when we have blue bloods playing each other, which kind of means throw out the records, throw out what happened last year. But again, we've used this metaphor on multiple uh, games and multiple theories, and, and it's really paid off well. I mean, I think it's happened more often than not. When you had a rematch of last year, has the team, especially in somewhat of a blowout, made up that much of a deficit? And now I'm asking myself, is Mark 20 points better than they were last year? Or is Albany 20 points worse than they were last year? As of right now, I think Mark is at least as good, maybe a little bit less than they were last year. But Albany, I think, is as good, if not better. So I'm looking at this as where are they going to get the 20 points? I mean, yeah, you might get a turnover or two and make this game a little bit closer at the end of the day. But 20 points on a guarantee as a projection? And I'm going big on Albany at this game, at this point. See, I, I feel that Albany is, is less than last year, and that's not – I mean, less, yeah, less than last year. And, again, we're, we're talking – we're not talking like big, oh, my God, results. But I just go back to that Munster game. And, and Munster, well, with, with a team that's a, a really solid defense, but, I mean, they're, they're not dominant. They're not overly athletic. Uh, a young offense, that's good. But, again, they don't – there wasn't teams watching Munster this year going, oh, my God, we fear their offense or their defense. And yet, Munster, you can make the case, should have beat Albany. And actually, you know, we go back to the outplayed, but turnovers. They had the turnover late uh, with like a minute left, the interception as they were driving in to score. I think Albany's team last year beats the doors off this Munster team. As great as Adam Hill is, he is one-dimensional now. That, that's the thing they don't have that they had last year. And this isn't a knock on the quarterback now, but they just don't have that big play from other spots. And to me... Mart, you give them, hey, you've got to stop one guy. Mart usually does a really good job of that. You know, Chip Chambers, I mean, he had, a, especially against Sunray, and you know how Sunray did in their regional finals, 14 of 20, 204 yards, yeah. two touchdowns, kind of spread it out a little bit. Obviously, Adam Hill, three touchdowns. He's your main event. I think Albany has a little bit more there. But at the in, end of the day, you got size versus speed. And in two-way, size does pretty well in, in these kind of matchups, unless it's a, a complete disparity in speed. And I don't think we're at complete disparity in speed. I think Mart will be a favorite as far as, as speed goes, but I don't think it's going to be just this night and day kind of a thing. Albany has been here. I think Albany, if we're being honest, might even have a little bit of an edge on the coaching side of things as well. Coach Faith has done a great job, and I mean, I think we might even see like a uh, a, a send off for Co Coach Faith. I could definitely see a situation where he wins a state championship and retires in the press conference. I mean, what he has done has been fantastic, and if that is even getting out there, what an intangible for that team to play at their max if they think that they may be sending him off and they want to send him off with a win. What better way to do it than at AT and T Stadium? You know, I, honestly, it felt like because I, again, I was watching them from here, and I can remember I was queuing up the post game stuff and ready to start going. And they talked to him, and you know, he's emotional because of the state, of course. But it just felt like there was a moment, like he was about to be, because he talked about, you know, it's been years. I never thought I would get up this mountain. You know, again, everybody talked about Coach Samples, but here he is trying to do the same thing. 
and I never thought I would. And I kept waiting for the, so I've decided to, this, but now he came back and I actually kind of agree with you. I kind of feel like it might be either way. This feels like with this team next year, they're going to be returning, I think three and three or something like that. That feels like a natural break for when a new regime, kind of like how Holiday did it last year with Frank Johnson. You had enough coming back that you were still going to be really good, but it was that perfect moment to hand it off to a new scheme, a new offense, and that kind of stuff. So I could see Albany doing that. All right, so you have Albany wanting to give me a score. I think Albany is going to win this game 38-24. All right, I'm going to go, I guess, with a slight upset. I'm going Mark uh, 28-21. Okay, so you think four touchdowns better. You're, you're turning it around. Yes. Last year, Albany won by three scores. You got marked by one score, so you, you're, you're going for a 28-point turnaround. Yeah, because I had a coach. He listened to us last week, and he said, he goes, I, I get what you are saying. He goes, but legitimately, it is 0-0 when you start the game. You don't start with a 40. Which, by the way, wouldn't football kind of be more enjoyable than if you did do that? Like, okay, so last year, Canadian won by seven, so they're up seven to nothing to start the game and go. Just add something to the sport, I think. I mean, kind of when we have some of those crazy tiebreakers, we do get that at, at the beginning of the – when we getting into tiebreaker season. But I, I do think there is something to be said for uh, that, that kind of prognostication. And, and as the reigning and defending Pick'em champion, it works. No, you're not wrong. So here's I've got to pull back and tell people what happened on that. I mean, I knew I'd had them. I just had never told Grant. Didn't really think about it, you know, having a spot for them and stuff. And one of the nights we were recording, in fact, that's the first night that the playoff tree showed up. I just accidentally hit the button as I was moving my hand to to move, you know, to, to switch a file and everything. And and so for like five seconds, he starts talking like that, and that created we realized playoff tree, and then. I let him pick your voice and, you know, I, I thought he was going to be nice and he picked the weirdest voice for you. So you sound like a, a, a little person who might, you know, offer candy to kids in the van while playoff tree, which should be, you would think happy and, you know, joyous. Sounds like he's about to eat our souls. I don't think there's a lot of little people that offer candy to people, to kids in vans, because I don't think they would be the scariest. Like if a little person <laughs> like, was like, hey, kid, you want some candy? I mean, like, they could easily probably just push that guy down and run away. Like, if the guy – and the, the logistics of a little person getting a kid into a van, I mean, I guess it would depend on the age of him. But, like, I, I, I think a little person would be a good abductor because I don't think kids would be afraid of them. That's a good point. As much as, like, a regular person. Hey, it's the coach you know, X. I was gonna say it's the Coach like, X GI Joe. Uh, now you know moment as you're helping kids not be kidnapped by little people, whether they're big or small. <laughs> run away, no matter what. 
<laughs> and the sad thing is, it's not like we planned any of that conversation. That's what happens when, you know, you, we always joke on the air, like we're, we're all fighting, but you said it best one day, our text threads between me, you and, and Grant, we can go silent for four months and then we'll just get a random like, hey, have you ever thought about putting a pineapple up somebody's butt? What would happen? And, and we'll go for two days on that. And then we won't talk again for four or five months. <laughs> I, that, I think that was the side conversation you and Grant had. I don't remember that that one. Well, you're the one that sent the pictures. You in playoff tree? No, I don't think so. Playoff tree. Playoff tree scared me, dude. Like that was that was really like like that was that was a biblical voice. It really like is. A, and a bad biblical. Voice. Oh, it was it was it was bad. Like the, if I asked any kid to say, hey, like like in my class, like hey, what do you think the devil sounds like? I'm pretty sure they would get close to Grant. And then the playoff tree, or Grant as the playoff tree, not just Grant, but well, Grant is the playoff tree. I'm sorry, I ruined that illusion for everybody. Well, I, I, no, I was about to say. So the funniest thing about that was, as you can tell, Grant forgets that we're doing on video because this whole time he was doing the the tree, and, and he said something <laughs> after the second show was like, "You think they know it was me?" And I'm like, well, maybe not the auto audio <laughs> listeners, maybe not. But he goes, well, why do you think the others? I'm like, well, Grant, you're talking on the mic. And, and he was like, I got to stop drinking so much during the shows. <laughs> he had totally <laughs> forgot about that, man. He legit, legitimately just forgot that the camera had him there the whole time. But anyway, let's talk some uh, state football. What is your overall thoughts on 2A through 4A Uh the games this uh, week, Matt Diggs and I were talking, we did his segment and he kind of feels like there's going to be, you know, a bunch of blowouts. Do you feel that way? Uh, I'm taking the exact opposite of Matt of, of, of Mike Duggs. I can promise you that, <laughs> but that guy knows nothing of what he speaks. Like I'm, I heard the other day, I heard he was going to get a henna tattoo that said forever on it. Like that's how stupid that guy is. So, <laughs> that took me a minute. I like that. Well played, sir. Uh, but uh i think i mean i we say this kind of every year like the games that i think are going to be really close end up being Mm one-sided and the games i'm like oh man these guys will whip them end up being you know where it's like one possession games Uh, like i remember last year i thought i thought wimberley and carthage would be you know i I knew carthage would win yeah but i thought it would be like a 14 you know point game and maybe you know carthage scores with you know late in the fourth quarter to go up 14 or maybe 21 points, something like that. And then Carthage just throttled them. Like, I mean, the game was like 42 to nothing or 42 to seven or something like that. I was like, wow, this was a big letdown. But then who was it? Bernie was up last year and then China spring came back and won. Yep. That was, you know, that was a good game. And I saw, and I kind of thought China spring would, would control that, you know, pretty much the whole game. So, the the one thing I've learned from doing this show and, and just watching ESPN is nobody knows. <laughs> like, everybody thinks that they know, but but nobody knows. I mean, you're you know, Grant says it, y'all say it. I mean, you're dealing with high school kids. I mean, you, you never know what's going to. Kid that was fine at practice yesterday, his girlfriend broke up with him now, and now he's mad and he doesn't want to play. And, He's out there pouting around, and then his attitude rubs off on some other kid. Mm-hmm. Somebody's worried about him. You know, it's just you never know. And that chose to make that my life, which shows how <laughs> stupid I am. You know? but, you know, but I think there's a, I think there's some really good games, especially in the. I think the best game potentially is the 
is the Malakal Franklin game. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that one. Um, and then I think the uh, what's the 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 four A D two game is Gilmer and Gilmer and, and, Bell, and, and I think that's gonna be a good one too. So the other ones, I, I guess I do kind of agree with with uh, that other guy um, uh, that they I think they have potential to get out of hand, but who knows? Again, like I said, nobody knows. We don't know. I don't know. I pretend that I know, but I really don't know. Even though I did go like like I said, twenty nine and three that one week of the playoffs. And then, <laughs> you're gonna, you're, you're, so I knew, you're gonna I knew twenty more times or twenty nine times out of thirty two. So that was pretty good. Yeah, and, and in a year this year where there was, it seemed like from about week two on, there seemed to be three upsets per round in the from two A to four A. Yeah, you actually did pretty good. Now let me ask you, somebody, uh, you know, we always joke about, but you have been at this game, uh, you have won at this game. Uh, I've been talking to coaches for the state championship preview shows. And of course, talking to like Mark fan and a Franklin, it's old hat now. I mean, he's as a head coach, he's never not played in a state championship game, but talking to the couple of the other coaches that this is their first time playing as a head coach at this level. And a couple of them, this is their first time period. The biggest thing they've told me is they're shocked at how little of football they're actually getting to do this week because of everything else, the interviews, the paperwork, the UIL, all that kind of stuff. When you've been here, have you seen it that same way? Oh yeah. It's, you know, you're doing interviews with, I mean, it's really cool. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you're doing interviews like Craig way and stuff like that. Uh, and then, but all the additional stuff and travel and getting, you know, we, you know, we had to take charter buses and you had to get that all lined up and who gets the charter bus, the football players, the cheerleaders, and everybody that comes back to you and the band wants a charter bus. And, and we're like, where's the football coaches at the band, get the band and charter bus. And, <laughs> And then, you know, fan bus, all that stuff. And then, yeah, you got interview and you got to get them a two deep roster and you got to get them a, you know, they, the, the last year we went, I started making it a phonetic roster because they <laughs> mispronounced a bunch of our kids' names. So I, I was already, I made up an old phonetic roster and then a, a two deep roster and then a special teams roster. And I was like, man, we, special teams roster dude we're just grabbing kids and throwing them out there and sometimes it, you know you get in the lower levels of football sometimes kids dying on the sideline you just like you go run down the kickoff yeah. your your l4 go and but so you gotta deal with all that and then the, the the crazy thing was if you're the those middle games like i whoever's doing the tv now valleys or whatever but it was like all right you get 30 minutes to warm up that's what you get, you know, and you usually, you know, at a regular football game, like if the game starts at seven, seven thirty, you know, you get there at, you know, five and you, you know, you do the kids walk around the field and you start getting tape and you have your, you have your meetings and then you, you know, you go do this and you run through your pregame and you do this, you do that, and then you go back in the locker room and then, you know, maybe meet with the quarterback or linebacker or something again. And then you, uh, you know, get the last little, you know, head coach goes in there and, you know, we're going to beat them. Yeah. 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 And let's go out and roll. And that's like a two hour thing. And sometimes some coaches, it's a two and a half hour thing. And they're like, no, you get 30 minutes guy, you know, and you can't get in the locker room until this time and you can't do that. And so man, I remember the year we went or first time I went, we were, you know, doing like high knees and stuff in the parking lot underneath the stadium. 
you know, and getting warmed up and tried to save some time there. And but remember Wednesday before we left, we went through our crash course pregame routine just so the kids would have some type of idea of what we were doing and why we were doing it so we could save and be more efficient. And so and then you have to figure out how to win the state championship <laughs> between all that and everything too. And and you know, and I I you know, when we played there was four games on Thursday. Yep. And the the one uh and so I mean then they're trying to smash four games in on a Thursday and but then there's really not a great way to do it. I mean the the, the T V exposure and the way that how the kids get it done is it's great for the kids and there's not a perfect way to do it. You have to play four games on Thursday or what they're doing now, which I think is better, but then those guys that are playing on Wednesday, that two A team, you know, that goes back and forth, like really you only get two days to practice for the state championship game. And you know, that can be rough too. And if you're coming from far away, yeah, you might not get that much. Like I looked, uh, I looked and saw, you know, Toller's playing and, you know, Toller's not very far from AT&T and Timpson's, you know, it's a day's drive, but you know, I remember that one year and I was, I saw the Canadian guy talking, like they were playing at 10 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Well, they're eight hours away from AT&T stadium. And he was like, yeah, we you know, we practiced Monday and Tuesday. We got up early and drove to Wichita Falls Wednesday and stopped and had practice there and then had dinner and then stayed in the hotel room and then had to get up. I was like, gosh, almighty. I'm glad I didn't have to do that. Well, but, you bring up a good point because that is, that is something that this year, uh, because of the matchups, it, it, people are starting to, to do the whole, well, why is this not being rotated more? Because when you look, you know, and we're not covering the, the higher classes, but, you know, North Shore is used to it, but you've got Duncanville, DFW versus Houston, DeSoto, DFW versus uh, Summer Creek, which is Humble, which is Houston, uh, Alito versus uh, uh, Smithson Valley, which is basically San, north of San Antonio, uh, South Oak Cliff versus PNG, Port Natchez Grove, Anna versus Chapel Hill. All of those, one team is sleeping in their beds on the night before the game, and the other team, if they're gonna come up the the day of, they're gonna have to get up really, really early to do it. Yeah, well, to the people that I say are crying about that, build a better stadium. Yep, in Houston or San Antonio, because y'all can pay that NRG and the Alamo Dome and all that stuff is as nice as AT and T Stadium, and I'd say you're a liar, sir. I mean, that's the nicest stadium in the state. I mean, that's just bottom line. It is. And that's where it should be. I mean, that, that's a billion dollar facility and, and I've played in all three of them and it's by far, I mean, it's five to 10 times faster than the other two. And people don't understand when we say this, you, you can say what you want about Jerry Jones as a cowboy general manager and some of his other stuff, but his people that he hires knows how to handle everybody to do it with nicety, with class. I mean, I was at the last one that was at Houston, and, and the games were perfectly fine, and the people were perfectly nice, but they didn't go that, that extra step. I mean, it's it's such a big thing that when the security guard uh, that was up at AT&T Stadium and Texas Stadium back in the day passes away, it literally created a ripple through the state because that's the type of relationships those people that work for the Dallas Cowboys do for the coaches, for the media, for the fans, for everybody. And as great as the stadium is, to me, it's the it's how they treat everybody. That's the biggest part. Oh, by far. Like I, I remember telling somebody the difference between the other two stadiums and AT&T Stadium was AT&T Stadium was like 
you are a guest in our house and we're going to make sure that you feel welcomed and you feel like a guest, like you're a house guest and we want you to stay as long as you want at the other stadiums. It was like, we're doing you a favor. So you better appreciate it. And like, I remember one year, like they, uh, I'm not going to say the stadium just because I don't want to do it, but our game went long and they wouldn't let uh, the meal for the kids come in. They were like, nope, it's too late. Can't, we don't take deliveries anymore. And so they just threw $600 worth of food away because wow. they wouldn't let them go because their game was late. And they're like, nope, gate's locked after this time. We, we don't open it up anymore. And Jesus. so our kid, we got done. We, we you know, get done with the state championship game. And our kids were like, all right, Coach, what are we going to eat? And uh, we're like, oh, it should be Sonic around here somewhere. And they're like, oh, no, nope, they wouldn't let them in. What do you mean wouldn't let me in? Like we, and then not only that didn't tell us that's what it was. Our head coach called the Sonic and they were like, oh, they would they didn't let us in. They said the gate was locked and they wouldn't open it. They wouldn't let anybody in. And uh, so our kids uh, played in the state championship game. We we're just like, all right, we'll get on the bus. And we stopped. Luckily, we had a really good superintendent. We stopped at a uh, convenience store. It was the only thing that was open on the drive back. And he's like, y'all just get whatever you want. And so, yeah, they got chips and peanuts and candy bars on the ride home. Oh, man, that's great. You have state championship kids who are also sugared up on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, luckily I was in the van. All right, let's start talking matchups. Class 2A Division 2, Albany versus Mark, 215-0 teams. These are two teams that have been here before. Of course, Albany beat Mark last year 41-21 to to get Albany's first state championship in like 36 years or something like that. They kind of mirrored what Lorena did a couple years ago because Albany has been a a blue blood for a while, but they just couldn't quite get through. They finally did last year, and a lot of people have, have them as the favorite in this one as well. Man, I told you on, on one of my write-ups, I don't like the term blue blood because that, that involves some <laughs> incest. And I don't think that that goes on in Albany. Well, I don't know. It's a small town. It might. But I would like to think that it doesn't. But anyway, we red blood. We're Americans. We're mm. red-blooded Americans. Terrence. Okay. So anyway, Albany versus, you said, Mart. The Mart's traditionally not a bad team. Um, <laughs> you, you think? Know, and, <laughs> but I, you just informed me on the break that you know I I don't remember a lot of these games that Albany beat them last year, and I forgot Mart hasn't won in a while. Yeah. Um, so you got that in the back of your head, I'm sure. You know, just like just like I'm sure you know Saban wanted to play Georgia last year when you know Georgia won it all, and he was sitting there on the TV camera talking to David Pollock about how good Georgia was. I'm sure he was like, oh, oh, really? All right. Well, we'll see about that. So I'm sure that's been going through the Mark kids' heads for a while. Is getting back here and and Mark's—they're both undefeated. Mark's traditionally really good. Albany's the defending state champion. So Albany's won like what? They're 31 games in a row against. So they're rolling. Something. So, like, I think they won. Uh, I think they lost uh, two games last year at the beginning uh, in in uh, non-district. Uh, I- Trying to think of who it was. It was uh, Holly, maybe, or somebody else. But, but yeah, they're like on twenty six or twenty seven in a row. Wow! And then March won like one hundred and five out of the last one hundred and ten, and the and their five losses have been in this championship and the semifinals. Yeah, I mean, they so. haven't lost a regular season game, if I'm not mistaken, since twenty nineteen, and that was the year that they started off the year two and five or two and three, but their losses were to Holland, Franklin, and I think Refurio, and they were all, of course, real close, and then they rolled through state, 
Uh, and since then, their only losses have been in the playoffs the last three years. Uh, yeah, it'd be tough scheduling non-district games if you're at Mark. Like, hey, uh, you want to play? Um, you know, no, we we don't. <laughs> Why not, Riesel? Well, because you're Mark and we're Riesel. Oh, uh, well, okay. I mean, yeah, that would be terrible. Like, you got to say at the all-district or the, the UIL district release meetings, you know, like, oh, man, I hope I don't get in the district with Mark. I hope I didn't get in the district with Mark. And then you're just like, yes, I didn't do it. And then there's, you know, the head coach of Mark. They're like, hey, we still got that week three game, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you see, the thing is this. Um, we're not doing that. Like, I can't believe he finds teams to play, which I, like, that's why you said that's why he had played Refugio and the Dallas Cowboys or yeah. whatever in non-district. So, yeah, that's um, basically true. I always usually pick Mark, um, but then you told me Albany beat them. In fact, I remember a couple of years ago they, when they lost to Winthorpe, we do a pick them in the coaches and our coaches still. There's some pretty big money on the line. And uh, I remember I was writing the games on the board and I wrote Mark versus doesn't matter. <laughs> and so nobody picked Winthorpe except my father-in-law did. And he and then that ended up like pushing him to the top of the pack. But then he lost, I think, on the Duncanville North Shore Hail Mary or something like that. That knocked him out of the money. But um, so give me Mark. I mean, why the hell not? I mean, you know, their kids are back. They're they're used to playing state championship games. They're you know they lost last year. I'm sure they watched that film 700 times. It's probably been playing on a loop in the in the weight room while they're in there lifting 365 days. So. I'll go with the with the big Panthers from Mark, Texas to to avenge last year's loss and get it done this year. L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. So like and subscribe and check us out. Terry back here, sideline to sideline, the preview show as we wrap things up here with Albany versus Mart. Again, as you can see, if you're watching on the video, uh, we have our watch party. It says it's going to start at 1040 a.m. It's actually going to have to start at about 10. I didn't realize that this show was going to be put together because I, I don't know how long these shows are until I actually put them together because I've recorded every segment separate and then I puzzle them together. I also apologize. There was a little bit of, of uh, silence right at the first of Coach X. Again, uh, the computer was just kind of coughing there for a minute, so it took it a second before it got in there. But we got all of what Coach X had to say. But I do thank everybody that's joining us. If you want to keep up on all the watch parties and all that fun stuff well then just check out our facebook page sideline to sideline or at l4 media find us on twitter at grant and terry uh at l4 media or find us on youtube at l4 media company all of the live shows will be done on facebook live twitch twitter live if there's a live we're going to be on there uh, and, and again we'll be blasting them out on all of our social pages if you're going to the games, be safe. Hope your team wins. Have a Merry Christmas. And until the next preview show, I'm Terry Bennett. This has been Sideline to Sideline, the state championship preview shows on L4 Media.